Greetings, team heads, and welcome into the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rocky-centric podcast powered by MileHighSports.com. I am your host, Anilo Piro. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at MediaByAP and also on Instagram at AVP.media if you want to keep up with my work. I'm going to be covering the Colorado Rockies throughout the entirety of the season. Definitely looking forward to bringing you, the fan, some awesome insight to this club, kind of what they're thinking about. Uh, really want to give you guys some great feature articles and all that good stuff as well. So be sure to follow me on the social media, Twitter and Instagram, if you are interested in keeping up with your Colorado Rockies from my perspective. But this is the 20th and Blake podcast, the uh, Rockies podcast that we do here at MileHighSports.com, trying to give you guys the lowdown, you know, every couple days about this club, what the ins and outs, what's going on, some injury updates, some news updates and whatnot. So that's what I'm here to do today on April 19th, a beautiful April 19th, I may say, about 75 degrees outside. Should be a good one for first pitch tonight against the uh, against the Philadelphia Phillies. I believe first pitch scheduled for 6-10 tonight down at 20th and Blake at Coors Field. So should definitely be a good one. The, the surging Colorado Rockies now with seven wins on the season uh, really have started to turn things around. You know, it was it was an awful start to the year for this team. Really, uh, you know, winning those first two games against Miami to start off and then dropping 12 of their next 13. Currently, Rockies sitting at 7-12 and 12 on the season. So obviously some improvement considering how poorly they started this uh, started the year off. They are four and six in their last 10 games but those four wins happen to be consecutive so riding a four game winning streak here entering the game friday night so let's uh, start with some injury news some injury updates here for you rockies fans uh, some good news to say the least and uh, if you watched the game last night against philadelphia you probably were able to tune in and, and see what this good news exactly was but two key components of the rockies lineup coming back to starters at that david Dahl and ryan mcmahon both made their return last night against the philadelphia phillies after uh, two after stint on the 10-day injured list. Dahl was dealing with uh, a core-slash-abdominal injury, whereas um, Ryan McMahon was dealing with a little bit, uh, was dealing with an elbow injury. So both appeared to be in high spirits, you know, the, the moment that the injuries happened. Obviously, you no know one wants to go on the injured list, but Bud Black and the Rockies health group and whatnot decided that it would probably be a good idea. That said, Dahl and McMahon were both cautiously optimistic that, may, that they would be able to come back in a relatively uh, short amount of time. That was the case, I believe. McMahon was on the shelf for the full 10 days, whereas Dahl was only there for eight, if I remember correctly. Um, so obviously not too concerning for the Rockies if both of these guys were able to make a return, you know, sooner rather than later, especially for Dahl. You know, Dahl's dealt with a lot of different, a slew of different injuries throughout the entirety of his career. It really was, was unable to play in 2017 after dealing with a back injury that, you know, sidelined him for months on end of what it seemed like. So definitely encouraging to see two key components of the Rockies lineup and David Dahl and Ryan McMahon both returning to the Rockies lineup. And, you know, this is a great thing for manager Bud Black and the Rockies. You know, it it allows Bud Black to formulate better lineups moving forward after really playing, you know, minor leaguers like Josh Fuentes and Jonathan Daza consistently. And that's really, you know, to no discredit of those guys, but for a team with postseason aspirations trying to make the playoffs for the third consecutive year now, guys like Jonathan Daza and Josh Fuentes aren't going to cut it, you know, whereas guys like McMahon and Dahl are. So it was really kind of a rough go there for the Rockies for a second, uh, for a solid week and a half. It, the, the lineups that the team was putting out was reflective of that of a spring training game. So obviously not what this team wants ideally on a night in night out basis, but 
you know, like I said, both guys come back last night, both had solid games, but let's start with Ryan McMahon. I mean, he was just on a tear, uh, you know, with the zero zero score last night in the bottom of the sixth inning and two runners on, he cranked his first home run of the season over the raised wall in right center field, establishing a three to nothing lead for Colorado. It was a monumentous shot, a bullet got out of the ballpark quickly, um, a no doubter. So definitely positive signs for McMahon. And, you know, it really did continue. He didn't stop there. After the Phillies managed to cut the lead to two runs, McMahon came up again later in the ballgame following the at-bat in which he hit a home run and crushed his second home run of the game to a nearly identical spot. Uh, so McMahon obviously seeing the ball well in his return from the Injured list. He extended the Rockies' lead to six to two at that point, and it was his first multi, uh, the first career multi home run game of his young career. So, really encouraging stuff from Ryan McMahon. He also had a single in there, so a three hit night for him. Um, between McMahon and Tony Walters, who we'll talk about later in this podcast, they accounted for over half of the Rockies' hits last night. So, you know, this is just kind of a testament to how this club has managed to crawl out of the hole that they dug themselves early on in the year. Um, you know, obviously a lot of expectations for Ryan McMahon entering this season. He had a fantastic spring training, which is why there was kind of some pressure on him. Um, entering the season, McMahon hit 424 during spring training and led Major League Baseball in slugging percentage, OPS, and extra base hits during that span. He was, you know, one of, if not the best player in all of baseball in spring training, so you know, expectations were sky high for him as he's also kind of taken over the duties at first base while also getting some playing time at second base throughout the year. So definitely good sign for McMahon, who who looks like he did not skip a beat by any means um, in his return to the lineup last night. Obviously, we'll see if he can continue to you know keep it up and whatnot, but it's really a good sign to see that this club is finally getting healthy because they started off the year poorly at semi-full strength, and then Dahl went down, and then McMahon, or McMahon went down, and then Dahl and then you call up, you know, these AAA players and it really seemed like, you know, this was the worst possible start that the Rockies could get off, get off to. And it was that, you know, they really did struggle for a large period of time. But, uh, you know, in that last road trip, we're able to turn things around there towards the end. They come back to Coors Field for a critical seven game homestand and open it up with, with a win last night against Philly, getting back reinforcements and guys like Dolly McMahon. So certainly trending in the right direction are the Rockies. Um, again, with a seven to twelve record, not the best, but considering where they started the year, it's you know the four wins, the four w- game winning streak that they currently find themselves on, were, was certainly um, a, is a major positive in terms of building momentum for this season. So uh, let's talk about Dahl for a little bit. He cranked a double that was feet away from getting over the fence. He looks good. Also, like I alluded to earlier, he had a walk, earned a walk in that game. So looking healthy, you know, feeling strong to what it appears like. So that's really a major, major positive for the Rockies. So they're getting healthy, and that's definitely a great sign for them, uh, you know, considering all that they went through to start this season. So McMahon and Dahl, two key components of the lineup back. Uh, Jonathan Daza and Josh Fuentes, both option to AAA in correspondence with the move. So, um, you know, that's that per se. Uh, also, a little small update as well on catcher Chris Iannetta. He was placed on the 10-day injured list as well. Um, Drew Butera was called up from AAA Albuquerque. You know, he's kind of going to serve as that backup catcher role. But Tony Walters is going to be the guy that is probably going to do a lot of the catching, a lot of the handling with the starting rotation. And something that he did last in last night's game was catch Kyle Freeland, something that he's not super familiar in doing. Um, only caught Freeland once dating back to last season, I believe. So that was his second time in about a year and a half now um, catching Kyle Freeland. And, he, and Freeland didn't look like he skipped a beat. You know, prior to Freeland's start versus the Phillies, he had lost three consecutive starts and looked noticeably off of his game. You know, this was partially due to the blister that he's been dealing with on his throwing hand, which kind of arose um, in his last outing. So, you know, some up and down 
stuff with Freeland here in the latest issue or in his latest outing, but he was dominant against the Philadelphia Phillies. In my opinion, his most complete start, um, the blister issue did f- cut Freeland's chart short against, short against the Phillies, but he was still sharp against Bryce Harper and company, hurling six innings, allowing just two hits while fanning seven batters. So really a, a solid all-around performance for Freeland. But again, that that blister on his throwing hand, it limited his ab- availability moving forward, and he was yanked after just six innings pitched despite the fact that, you know, that he was, you know, throwing a two hitter at that point. But the start was the most dominant of the season for Freeland, in my opinion, like I said, and came with Tony Walters behind the dish due to an injury to Ionetta. Ionetta has been Freeland's personal catcher since the start of last season. And like I kind of talked about earlier as well, Walters had only caught him a couple of times dating back to 2018. So um, really kind of an interesting tidbit there of information, but the club has won 17 of Freeland's past 22 starts in the regular season before his home loss versus the Atlanta Braves earlier in the month. Freeland had not lost a start at Coors Field since June 10th and was 7-0 with a 2.14 earned average in between starts. So, listen, we, we all know what Kyle Freeland is, and, and what we saw from him at the beginning of the season outside of his opening day start is something that we're not accustomed to from him. He's really established himself as the front man, the featured arm of this Rockies rotation alongside Herman Marquez, and to see him struggle the way that he did, you know, his past couple times out ahead before last night's start was certainly discouraging. You know, there, there were some questions. The Rockies offense wasn't hitting they really you know the fact that Freeland was also struggling was just a negative to you know pour on to the other negatives the club had been experiencing as well so um, to see Freeland bounce back was definitely tremendous and and really encouraging for the Rockies because listen beyond Freeland and Marquez is kind of a mixed bag in terms of their starting rotation I know John Gray has been really really good this season Tyler Anderson working his way back from injury as well and then you got that fifth rotation spot between Antonio Senzatella and Chad Bettis that's still kind of up for play Um, so it's really really important that Freeland and Marquez especially Freeland you know kind of put the nails in the coffin and buckle down and get back to doing what they you know what the Rockies have been accustomed to them doing and that's going out dominating and giving the giving the team a chance to win night in night out whenever they're on the mound and that obviously was not the case through a first few starts of Freeland's season here in 2019 but he has bounced back um, in a big way for the Rockies so that's definitely a major positive sign one interesting thing that I noticed from Freeland last night is it looks like he when he's in the windup he's kind of deliberately holding his leg up you know for an extra second second and a half as opposed to just going through a straight fluid motion a la Tyler Anderson minus the leg jerk but it's like when he starts his wind up and his delivery and he gets you know to the point where his leg is as high up in the air as it is it it, kind of stays there for you know a second second and a half like I said and I'm not sure if that's something new I know he's mixed that up um, over the past couple of seasons, but it, it seemed pretty deliberate and pretty consistent in his start yesterday. So that's definitely something that you're going to want to keep an eye on with Freeland. You know, if it helps him pitch better, that's you know that's all the Rockies are going to want, and that's all they could ask for. So really positive stuff from Kyle Freeland in his last start out. So definitely a positive for the Rockies in that sense. Let's talk about the offense. And, you know, this was the crux of the team, you know, to start of the season here. They were just dismal. I think they were hitting like 225 collectively as a unit through the first couple weeks of the season. Ian Desmond was a strikeout machine. Nolan Arenado experienced the longest home run drought to start a season of his career. Charlie Blackman, you know, just not doing his thing from the leadoff spot. Daniel Murphy hurt. McMahon and Dahl hurt. The offense was just stagnant. And, you know, kind of like I alluded to, guys like Jonathan Daza, and Josh Fuentes, you, you can't rely on them to, you know, right the ship, you know, 
and keep this train moving per se because they're just they're not major league caliber players at this point in their career you know could they be serviceable players for the Rockies in the future absolutely I'm not doubting that but at this point in time you, you know to have Jonathan Daza and Josh Fuentes in the lineup consistently consistently was not a good look for the Rockies um, so really just one of their worst offensive performances to start the year out of the gate here in 2019 they seem to turn that notion around um, it was also the worst start to a season you know statistically and record wise for the Rockies since 2000 so, you know, just to kind of put that in perspective, how bad the Rockies have been offensively to start this year. But but like I said, this four game winning streak, a completely different story, in my opinion. Um, the, the club has really rallied and, and done a better job of stringing hits together during this four game winning streak. The Rockies have played at 23, 23 runs and have uh, also compiled 36 hits in that same stretch. So you're seeing more runs being driven in. You're seeing better at bats, lengthier at bats. And, you know, hits coming more frequently and more consistently. So definitely a major positive for the Rockies there as well. Um, Nolan Arenado has really got going. And I found an interesting tidbit. The Rockies are 114 and 59 in games that Arenado hits a home run. Just to kind of give you an idea of how important he is to this club. I mean, we all knew that he was their best player far and away. But... You know, when I was sitting here watching them lose game after game against the Giants and the Dodgers earlier in the year, I was, I, you know, no one was struggling. It, it really made me think that this team goes as he does. You know, if, if no one's not hitting, the rest of the team isn't hitting. And, you know, that's got to be concerning. So I think that stat really kind of shows you just how important and how vital he is to this Rockies lineup. Again, 114 and 59 in games in which Nolan Arenado hits a dinger out of the ballpark. So, you know, that's a, a testament to how vital he is to this rotation, or not to the rotation, to the lineup, excuse me. So let's take a look at tonight's game against the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Rockies actually just recently released their lineup. So Charlie Blackman hitting leadoff, David Dahl hitting second, Arenado at third, Story fourth, McMahon fifth, Desmond back in the lineup after a day off yesterday, sixth, um, and Garrett Hampson hitting seventh, Tony Walters hitting eighth, and Herman Marquez hitting ninth. Let's talk about Tony Walters here real quick. He is, uh, in my opinion, entering this season, the Rockies' biggest deficiency was at catcher. I just think Chris Iannetta is a little bit over the hill, and Tony Walters offensively has never really been able to display you know, the ability to be a consistent hitter night in and night out. And he's actually done a really good job of changing that narrative. Walters hitting 289 so far this season and uh, had a three hit night last night, which tied his, or a, yeah, three hit night last night, tying his career high. So he's really stepped up to the plate in addition to being, you know, a solid all around catcher defensively. So to see Walters kind of grow as an offensive caliber player is definitely encouraging if you're a Rockies fan, um, if you're a fan of the team, if you watch the team, because if you remember when Jonathan Lucroy was here, you know, a couple years ago, go he was phenomenal at working with the staff but also providing you know some off you know supplementing some offense as well getting key base hits hitting balls out of the ballpark and I think last year the Rockies really missed a presence like Luke Croy so let's see if Walters you know the converted infielder towards a catcher uh, can, can continue to step up and perform you know and keep that batting average close to where it is obviously I don't think he'll finish the season hitting 289 but if he floats around that 275 280 mark that, that's really all you could ask for from Walters who you know hasn't really had a history of being a good hitter so um, definitely encouraging from him as well so you're going to want to keep an eye on that one Let's shift over now and talk about tonight's starter, Herman Marquez. This will be Marquez's first start following his dominant complete game shutout uh, one-hit performance against the San Francisco Giants last weekend. Um, you know, Marquez, like I kind of talked about earlier when I was referencing Freeland, he and Freeland are 
one of the best duo one-two punches at the top of a rotation in all of baseball, um, especially two of the better young pitchers in the game. So really big start, big challenge for Marquez going up against that mighty Phillies offense that features you know Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto, Reese Hoskins. So a lot of big hitters in that Phillies lineup that will like to try that will likely try to take advantage of uh, the dynamics of playing at Coors Field, try to hit some balls out of the ballpark. So he's going to need to be on his mark for sure. Um, you know, he was another guy that was up and down to start the year. I believe he had one kind of stinker start there um, earlier in the season, but for the most part, has been pretty consistent. And really what you're looking for right now from the Rockies is consistency all across the board. It, the, the start to the season was just such a roller coaster littered with peaks and valleys that at this point, all you want is consistency and good consistency at that. And that's what you've been getting. You know, I talked about the offense playing 20 plus runs in the last four games, hitting over, you know, recording over 25 hits, 35 hits, excuse me, in that, in that same span, the rotation has been better. John Gray off to a really good start, you know, Freeland bouncing back last night. You want to see Marquez kind of continue to follow that direction and really just make things easy for Bob Black and the rest of the team while they, you know, kind of continue to get their foot, their feet grounded here in this really pivotal season that is 2019 for this Rockies team. So we'll definitely be interesting to see how he does on the mound tonight. But listen, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, all was not well in Rockies land. You know, here on April 19th, Everything is well in Rockies land. You know, they're playing as, as good as they have all season. This is the team that I think that we were all accustomed to, that we were expecting to see entering this season. You know, good, solid starting pitching with the bullpen kind of, care, you know, filling in as needed, mixed with consistent hitting, driving in a lot of runs, recording a lot of hits, hitting balls out of the ballpark. You didn't see that through the first couple of road trips and the first homestand against the Dodgers. But, you know, now after splitting that road trip, that uh, six-game road trip, three and three, the Rockies are now back at home, won their first game at Coors Field last night, and now are really looking to get on a roll. Obviously, a four-game win streak is phenomenal as is, but you really want to see this team, you know, pick up some speed. And instead of, you know, they lost 12 of 13, maybe they could win 12 of 13, you know, or, or something along those lines. So really good, positive trends for the Rockies at this point in time. Like I said, sitting with a record of 7-12, and 12, that is currently last place in the National League West. But listen, are the Padres going to stay at 11-9? The Diamondbacks, you know, they're not really a strong major league club at this point in time. Same with the Giants. As long as the Rockies continue to take care of business, I think they will be just fine in the long run. It's just a matter of executing on the major league level and executing on the diamond. You know, things that they've, you know, demonstrated a, an ability to do over the course of the past two seasons. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how this plays out but as of right now Rockies riding a four game winning streak three more games against the Philadelphia Phillies followed by uh, a trio of games against the Washington Washington Nationals to round out this seven game homestand so hopefully the Rockies can try to dig out that hole that seven and twelve hole and come out with a winning record for the season and a winning record on this homestand that would be a major major positive for this club but I think that's going to do it for the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast a Colorado Rockies centric podcast powered by mylifesports.com again I am your host Anilo Piro be sure to follow me online um, on Twitter at media by AP on Instagram at avp.media love interacting with you guys but that's going to do it for me Luke Zalman my partner will have the next podcast coming out some point this weekend so be sure to keep an eye out for that and check out all of our articles on online at mylifesports.com. You will not be disappointed. Until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.